Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. We are powered by Synergy IQ. Our mission is to help leaders create world-class businesses where people are safe, valued, inspired, and fulfilled. We can only do this with our amazing community. So thank you for listening. Hey there, Synergizers, and welcome back to another episode of the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, and today we have the Honorable Vincent Tazia on the show. In July 2020, Vincent was appointed the role of Minister for Police, Emergency Services and Correctional Services of South Australia, where he still resides to this day. He was elected to the South Australian Parliament as the member of Hartley in 2014 and again re-elected in 2018. Since entering politics, Vincent has been the shallow parliamentary secretary for entrepreneurship, innovation and business startups and shadow cabinet parliamentary secretary. In May 2018, he was elected as the 35th Speaker of the House Assembly, the youngest speaker in South Australia's history, and served up until his appointment of becoming Minister. Vince is passionate about his local area, the eastern suburbs of Adelaide, where he has lived his whole life. He attended St. Joseph's Paynham and then Ross Trevor College, where he was Head Prefect and Ducks of the College. He's been active in many local community and sporting groups, including the Neighbourhood Watch Program, the Campbelltown Rotary Club, Norwood Football Club and Paynham RSL. He went to Adelaide University and completed a Bachelor of Commerce, a Bachelor of Law and a Graduate Diploma in Legal Practice. Prior to politics, Vincent worked in the financial, legal and commercial sectors and also served as a counsellor for the City of Norwood, Paynham and St Peter's in 2010. Vincent has a genuine interest in his local community and is passionate about making South Australia more lively and prosperous. He wants real action to relieve the cost of living pressures, create more local jobs, deliver better frontline services and provide many opportunities for all to get ahead. In this episode, we deep dive into Vincent's journey and his passion for the community, why he entered the world of politics and his main drivers and purpose in his life and all the challenges that he's faced since entering politics. If you love the episode, which I am absolutely sure you will, be sure to hit subscribe button and check us out at synergyiq.com.au and synergyiq on all the social media outlets. Cheers. So welcome back to the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, your host, and today we have the Honourable Vincent Tazia, Minister for Police, Emergency Services and Correctional Services. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Daniel. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure that you could take the time to jump on a podcast, so I really appreciate you being here. My absolute pleasure. Gonna, uh, I'm going to start off a little bit differently. You, you might have seen in the news recently that Adelaide has been voted number three most livable city in the world. So I'm going to start off with a very Adelaide-type question. <laughs> what school did you go to? <laughs> I went to uh, well, primary school. I went to St. Joseph's Paynham yeah. and then I went to Ross Trevor College. Excellent. I went there from 1999 to 2004. Probably my biggest rival. Uh, I went to St. Michael's, mate. Oh, there so, you go. Uh, one of our rivals. <laughs> yeah. St. Michael's and Sacred Heart was yeah. the other one. Yeah, so. the same, exactly. But, but I had a lot of friends yeah. that went to St. Michael's, so uh, most of them turned out okay. And this is, well, why this, well. is a, this is why this is such an Adelaide question because we're all uh, connected. It is very Adelaide. So it's, you were ducks of the school mm-hmm. at, at Ross Trevor. That's a, not, a, not a bad feat. 
Yeah, I always say I had a bad year level. <laughs> but uh, no, I... Uh, I do know some guys in your year level. There you go. So you know what I'm talking about. But uh, um, no, we uh, obviously uh, value the uh, the opportunity to have a good education and, you know, coming from that post-World War II migrant uh, generation, my family uh, always instilled the the value of, of hard work and getting a good education. So... Uh, we tried to work very hard, and uh, we were we were rewarded uh, that that year. But I really did uh, enjoy my time at Rostrever and uh, developed many lifelong friends, many of whom I still uh, keep in touch with today. So yeah. yeah, what what sort of drove you at that age to say, you know, I want to I want to achieve, I want to put all my uh, all my efforts into my schooling, do the best I can. Was there a, like was there an ultimate goal that yeah, you I mean, had? The, uh, the motto for any Rostrever boy. Um, I would know Palmer Marenti, reward to the one who earns it. Um, and that was also, uh, that school was also developed by the Christian brothers, Sir Edmund Rice, and, uh, or blessed Edmund Rice, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, the, the value of, you know, uh, helping others wherever you can, mm-hmm. um, it was always instilled in us, but also to make the most of the opportunities that you've got. So that was something that always resonated with me from a, a young age and, uh, and one that I continue to try and promote. So, uh, you know, we're very grateful to be living where we are in Australia. We've got great opportunities. So I think it's incumbent upon us to do the right thing and not only uh, help yourself but also help your fellow human wherever you can as well. Yeah. Just I want to get into your goal setting, of the, you know, from a young age. Did you have it in mind at an early age that you wanted to get into politics? Or? I think I was always the, the kid growing up that um, did have a strong sense of justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was always the kid that did a lot of uh, public speaking and debating, uh, liked to argue my point. <laughs> uh, my parents will tell you from a young age. Um, That's but, the Italian in you. But <laughs> also uh, I think uh, always willing to, to do the best that you that you could and make mm-hmm. the most of the opportunities. Um that you've got in life, my parents drummed that into me pretty early on. Um, and uh, I think I was also uh, the person I was very social. I liked to get out and about and my, my family had always been involved in, you know, good community causes, whether it was the local Italian club or, you know, the local Rotary Club. And so I certainly saw myself long-term uh, going into a profession, an area uh, where you were able to help other people. Yeah. Um, so, and, and then I think, you know, through throughout time, uh, the way you just meander and try different things. I ran for the Northern Planning St. Peter's Council when I was quite young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that How old were you at that point? I would have been maybe 23, I yeah. say. And you yeah. got that role? Yeah, so I, I ran for the Maylands Trinity Ward. There were seven right. candidates. Yeah. I was lucky enough to win that election. But that was well, local government elections are really grassroots. I mean, yeah. you basically, you start with zero votes. Yeah. You go out, you pound the pavement, you knock on doors, and you try and convert votes at the doorstep. So that's that's really raw democracy right there. So I really enjoyed that. But also when you had the opportunity to, to be a councillor, I enjoyed helping people. And that was a yeah. good taste, if you like, of uh, of local government. And then the opportunity came up for, to run uh, in state politics and we've gone from there. So yeah. local government was certainly the first real taste of, uh, of politics for me. What did the community see in a young Vincent Tarzia? Like, what were you saying when you were knocking on their yeah, doors? It was definitely a, definitely a contrast. I think... Uh, I was up against a couple of incumbents who had been there for a long period of time. Mm. Uh, so uh, when you are a bit younger and you're out there and you're, you're knocking on doors, the first uh, question often s- some people ask is, okay, so what political party are you uh, are you aligned with? Yeah. Uh, and at, at that stage, you know, I certainly ran as as my own person, yeah. uh, running my own good local campaign, you mm. know. So 
that was an issue that, that came up. But uh, you're right, uh, there aren't that many young people in politics, so mm. there is almost this uh, uh, cynicism. Mm. Uh, or scepticism sometimes, you know, why is this young person all of a sudden knocking on, on my doors? But uh, it was it was definitely uh, worth every minute. I really enjoyed it and being able to help people even at that local level uh, I think has been an enormous uh, value. So at that point you've, uh, you've been elected in and was that where you thought this is the career that I want to, I want to go down? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you, early on you talk to some uh, community leaders, some political leaders, and you're this younger person and uh, they look at you and they sort of say, uh, yeah, local government would be a good place to start. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. And uh, we were successful enough, uh, very grateful uh, for that and the, and the support of the community there. Uh, and, and we went from, from there. But local government is certainly a good, um, a good uh, opportunity, a good way to get involved in your local community, see if you actually like it. I mean, mm. uh, and we'll sort of get into state politics in just a short while, I'm sure. But you know, you know, being an elected member, uh, you are you are public property somewhat. Mm. Uh, most people have your mobile phone. Yeah. Uh, they're not afraid to call it every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's it is it is really quite relentless. It can yeah. be quite, uh, um, uh, I suppose, it, it can really uh, sap lots of your time, yeah. uh, and you've got to be really uh, cautious and responsible and really weigh things up. You know. In terms of uh, work-life balance, yeah, uh, but it's a seven-day-week job. It, it would be. I'm. I keep going back to the mindset thing. I remember myself mm. when I was 23 mm. years old. I, I wasn't, not even remotely interested in politics or anything mm. like that. Mm. And it seems to me, as you've made a choice to obviously want to give back to your community, which is admirable in itself, but to to be almost in the spotlight where scrutiny can start getting thrown your way, why, what, what drove you to that decision of, of wanting to go down that path? I think it's, all, it's always about, um, you know, weighing up uh, what you're doing and you've got to take the good with the bad and there's certainly much more good. It's a great opportunity and quite a privilege and honour to be an elected representative. Mm. You know, people have elected you. They've said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going about my day-to-day business, but I want you to represent me and advocate for me in certain issues, whether it's local government or, or state government. So that's a real honour and privilege when you think about it. So mm. I was just determined to, to work hard every day and, and do what I could to, to improve my local area, whether it's a local council ward or now, um, now our state. Um, you know, it's a real privilege and honour to be able to serve. And, and you, you do have to have the calling for it. It's, it's not for everyone, mm. to be very clear. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's not necessarily what some people might think, but it's... Uh, you know, it's not about prestige or uh, about other rewards. Uh, it, it, it's hard work. Uh, it's a real privilege, and I enjoy every minute of it. But you know, there are also some challenges there too. So it's it's uh, it's tough work. All right, we'll deep dive. I just want to go back to um, so from the Norwood Paynham mm-hmm. St Peter's Council, you've moved on to the member for Hartley role. Yeah. So my first uh, state election was in. Uh, 2014. So I became the uh, candidate in about 2012. Uh, and if we go back a little bit before that, obviously I had uh, graduated from Ross Jervis. So we, we did, can put yeah. the school Sorry, behind yeah, us. Yeah. Put school behind us. Went to uni- university. Uh, well. We did uh, law and commerce. So I specialised yeah. in uh, in commerce in corporate finance. Uh, and uh, that would have been in about, say, you know, uh, first degree 2007, second in 2009, and then graduated and, and became fully uh, pledged in the law in 2010. So, um, 
there's this thing called the GFC. Yeah. You might have rem- uh, uh, remembered it. I do not. Uh, but uh, I bought a know, house just before. There you go. You did the right <laughs> thing. You did the right thing. But I was lucky enough to uh, get a bit of a footprint and work in the funds industry for a while, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was certainly one of these uh, young professionals who, uh, because the market was tight, uh, the GFC obviously hit when it did. Hmm. Uh, the job opportunities uh, were quite tight. I think I can remember, you know, sending out about. 40 or 50 CVs. I do remember jumping on a plane, mm. going into state, you know, just to uh, try options uh, over there because it was quite a tough market around that GFC yeah, period. Yeah. A lot of people, if you look at um, you know, commercial law firms, uh, you know, your merchant banks, uh, your private equity firms, a lot of these firms, they certainly weren't uh, hiring. They were doing more firing than hiring in yeah. some cases around yeah. that time. So it was a tough market. Uh, and it so, so worked out that, um, that we, we got a job working working here and uh, at the same time always had that passion and that interest for politics. Mm. So in comes the the campaign uh, for the 2014 campaign and uh, people will often think that political candidates get looked after but in actual fact you've actually got to build your own team. Mm. Often uh, the, the party uh, party will somewhat help you but the party will have to fundraise for a local seat so it's quite tough. You know, you've got build your own team, fundraise and at the same time uh, pound the pavement, knock on doors. Oh, yeah. Social media, interestingly enough, I think if I look at the elections, we've got one uh, in about nine months' time, 2022. Uh, if you go back 2018, social media was probably 60% relevant. I reckon social media is 95% yeah. relevant in 2022. Oh, after what we've just gone through. 100%. Yeah. And, uh, but if you went back to 2010, local governments, a lot of people went on social yeah. media at all. So, yeah. you know, and that's the... The, the nature of politics means that things keep changing. The yeah. tech's got to keep changing and people have to keep up with that as well. Yeah. So what goes on? You, you, you're, you're going, it goes on in your head. Are you thinking I'm in this legal world, I'm interested in politics. Uh, when, the, when does the decision come that I'm going to run? Like, yeah. So And, and, and what, what is that drive that makes you want to sure. run? So I think you've always got to have the calling for it. You've yeah. got to enjoy helping other people uh, and you've got to have philosophies that align with yeah. political political party. Uh, I think local government's also a good taste, also to some of the leaders around you. You know, are you, is this kid who's 23 at the time, is he actually uh, prepared to do the work? Because mm. as we know, you always need a bit of luck in these things. But uh, what I've learned is number one is rock up and do the work. You've got to do the work yeah. for all else. So uh, we were lucky enough to to win that election and very grateful for the support of the community. Uh, and then the, the stars aligned and the party asked, you know, did you want to run for this seat? And at that time, uh, my my family had uh, always been in and around that area. I'd always been around that area. It was a community that I knew and grew up with and went yeah. to school and all the rest of it. Yeah. So uh, we, it worked out quite well and we were fortunate enough, lucky enough to win uh, that seat in 2014. But if you go back, you actually, in political parties, you often have to win your own internal battle. Mm. So you've got to run up against other candidates in your own party right, before exactly. you can run against the opposing party, believe it or not. Yeah, so. Yeah. And that was a that was a battle of, of of three, and that would have been in about September October two thousand and twelve. So it's a lot of work. When you look back and think of how hard you yeah. had to work, uh, you know, you it's scratch a, your head. It's a and a, and, a, and it is a lot of hard work, um, and 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 somewhat risk. Getting back to the candidates thing, at the same time, a lot of candidates people don't realise they've actually got to have a job during the day where they're able to yeah. pay the bills. Yeah. Uh, and uh, before, you know. So this is else. on top of your That's on top. already so, busy you know, life. So I was still working as a, 
uh, as, a, as a lawyer working around the clock when I was a state candidate for a long period of time uh, where you're trying to do some, you know, you're doing some door knocking in the day and then at night you're trying to do some work to yeah. try and keep some money coming in. So it's, uh, it was a tough, it's a tough balance. So for the young uh, people coming through or even anyone who's thinking about this career, what, what did they see in Vincent Tarzio that they said, yeah, this is the guy that we want? Oh, one thing to say is don't run against me. That's the first. <laughs> um, but uh, what did they see? Look, they probably saw like uh, many of our young people, uh, uh, you know, drive and determination and some ambition, but also got to have the calling. Got to have yeah. the calling to to be in it for the right reasons, to want to help people ultimately. Uh, and I find, help people in, in what way do you? Do that's you a very good question. Uh, look, we help people in, in many ways. If you, We were talking about uh, you know, the operation this week and, you know, we get into the ministry and talk yeah, about yeah, what yeah. we do there. But, you know, um, we're obviously uh, at probably the, the biggest, uh, uh, you know, operation in terms of what the state and what the country has gone through at the moment. Mm. As police minister, for example, yeah. um, we work hard day and night to make sure that we give SAPOL, you know, the tools and the resources that they need to yeah. keep us safe at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to have uh, that, that calling. You've got to understand that there will be hard days and, and challenges along the way, but ultimately... Uh, what what drives you, inspires you, is being able to, I think, help people, improve your local community, your state, country, um, but also uh, make sure that you're giving people opportunities, whether they be in health or education mm -hmm. or otherwise, just making our area the best that it can be uh, to live in, to grow up in, to start a family. Brilliant. Um, yeah. For the community, I love it. Yeah. So in July 2020, you're uh, asked to become the Minister the police, emergency and correctional services, mm -hmm. and you've taken that on in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, how how did that? How did your yeah? So how did how you handle uh, that situation? So obviously before that, so let, uh, we came into government in March two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Sorry, uh, actually, yes, yeah. we did. We missed your. We asked uh, if you want to be a speaker. So yeah. absolutely, of course, I'd love to be a speaker. It's quite an honor honorary. Well, you were the youngest. Role. Yeah, youngest speaker. ever. I reckon I would have been uh, thirty-one. Yeah, thirty-one. Yeah. So, and that's quite an honor. Thing at that Absolutely time, youngest in the Commonwealth, uh, and traditionally uh, the role of speaker would uh, would usually not always, but would usually go to someone who's been in the parliament for an extended period, a long period of time, uh, often one of the most senior roles. So that came with challenges. You know, um, John Howard once said to me when I asked him, "Have you got any uh, tips for a young politician?" He said, "Vincent, be humble. You never go wrong with a bit of humility." Mm -hmm. And I really listened to that and. Um, I, I tried to be as humble as possible, but I also had a lot of um, reading uh, and learning. You know, you basically got to know the standing orders inside mm. out, uh, and it's a and it's a job where you're you're filmed every minute, mm. recorded. What you say is written down forever, uh, mm. so you can't necessarily unsay that, uh, which is challenging. It's not for everyone. It's a skill set that is takes a lot of time, to, and you know, continual um, time to develop. So. Um, I really enjoyed uh, being Speaker of the House. You're like the spokesperson there uh, and you also have the great ability to talk to um, talk to people when you're representing that, the parliament effectively. Mm. So I really, really enjoyed that. But then yeah, ju uh, July uh, 2020. Well, just on being the Speaker, sorry mm. if I could jump in. Sure. Did, be, being the youngest, uh, did that – was there any adverse reactions to you being? Well, in not really, because I, I still had a bit of uh, time under my belt, yeah. so I think that helped. But at the same time, you're, you're dealing with uh, people that, respectfully, have been there longer than you. Yeah. Probably have seen more parliamentary you know, practice longer than you. So, yeah. of course, uh, again, humility never hurts. Yeah. So, um, I, I made it uh, very well known that I was going to 
know, keep my head low, work very hard, take it all in, absorb. Uh, pe- plenty of people will give you advice. You sort of just got to work out which <laughs> yeah. advice to take and not to. Absolutely. Um, but uh, it was it was hard it's work. It's a life lesson. It's hard work, so. but I really enjoyed the challenge. And sometimes, and what I've learned, you you deal with this, I'm sure, all the time. But um, without uh, uh, without that challenge, you don't grow. Mm. Um, so it was probably the best thing at the time that ever happened to me. Yeah. And I think when we did transition into the ministry again, uh, I know I was, I'd be a better minister having been the speaker because uh, you are across those standing orders. Uh, you've dealt with both sides of Parliament in, in ways that you wouldn't have before. So really enjoyed the experience. Beautiful. Mm. Well, congratulations on that, no, on that part of your mm. life. It's uh, obviously propelled you to where you are today, being in the minister position in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, did you? Well, you're almost like a deer in the headlights at that point, where you, you've walked in and everything's going on. You know, when you start a when you start a new role, uh, you know, you, you you sort of sit back, you learn, you gather your information. I've, I've learned that you've got to love your fate. Yeah, you really yeah. got to love <laughs> your, exactly your fate right. because uh, whether you like it or not, uh, there's going to be challenges that that uh, have come and that will keep coming. Yeah. So you've got to just embrace those and. Mm do the best that you can and let it uh, just let it wash over you. Uh, when the people often wonder, you know, how much time did you have uh, between being told you're going to be a minister and actually being sworn in? I probably had about 48 hours. So yeah. it's it's tight. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, for some people that can be quite overwhelming because it, it, absolutely. You're, you're put into an area where necessarily you might have had a good general uh, idea as to what's going on, but you didn't have, probably wouldn't have had a specific specialist you know, knowledge uh, necessarily. So, uh, but again, you know, growth is good. Uh, really enjoying every second of it. But yeah, there was a lot of reading to do. Let me yeah. tell you, folders and folders and folders that uh, you had to to learn in a short period of time. Obviously, I put a lot of pressure on myself as well because you want to do uh, the best that you can. A lot of people who go into politics, they spend a long time in politics and they never have the opportunity, the privilege of being a minister. So I really wanted to make sure that you know you get across those briefs and do the best you can. You do a good job uh, as well. Absolutely. So in the time where we were turning on the news every day, you saw, you know, Premier Stephen mm-hmm. Marshall, uh, Nicholas Spurrier, Grant Stevens, all speaking mm-hmm. and addressing South Australia primarily. What was your role in amongst all that when all that? Yeah, was sure. Going? So, um, and we were talking today about uh, the the extra promise that the government has made for this budget about uh, getting more. Yeah, the uh, extra officers, 114. Yeah, 114 PSOs getting more cops back on the beat, which is a great thing. It's so brilliant. Um, so obviously participating as as a member of, of Cabinet is extremely important, but also, like you said, having good relationships with our key decision makers as well, making sure that the police got the resources that they need, make sure that we continue to take successful health advice. Uh, South Australia, in my opinion, has handled the pandemic better than any other state at the moment uh, because we've listened to that health advice. Uh, we've made uh, swift decisions. The Cabinet you'll find throughout this period continues to meet. On a, on a needs basis, but mm-hmm. uh, most of the weeks, still twice a week, as well as the, the varying other uh, subcommittees that we have as well. So yep. it's been a really cordial, collegiate uh, approach. There's been no um, maverick decisions. It's been very calm and methodical and thorough and uh, I'm very proud of the team, the Premier, uh, but also, like you pointed out, Grant Stevens and Professor Spurrier as well, uh, but, of course, supported by the Cabinet and the rest of the government mm. as well. So it's been a real... Absolutely. Team effort and the people of South Australia. Yeah, you know, uh, we've oh, seen uh, other jurisdictions uh, that haven't handled pandemic as well as us. That's for sure. The 
the question I really want to get into there, though, is your role mm. within that mm. and, and being relatively, well, very new mm. in your role. Mm. Uh, how did you how did you manage your day to days when when all everything else was going on? Yeah, so it's busy. It's yeah. it's very it's very busy, and we've seen this week where we've seen you know arguably uh, the the biggest uh, you know serious organised crime uh, yes. operation by by SOPOL. Congratulations uh, you know, on that. We've had they've done amazing work, and that will continue the detail, or that will continue to come out. But they've they've had that at the same time managing the COVID response. You yeah. know whether it's. Uh, uh, Medi hotels, or on our borders, or uh, doing um, e- escorting uh, uh, residents, etc. It's, it's been a, it's, uh, it's been a significant uh, uh, role to, to be played by South Australian police. But then, of course, I also have my other uh, roles too. So you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about bushfires. Yes, uh, well, you yeah. Know, I mean, you know, we got through the the summer touch wood, and then you know, I go to uh, the SES and look at what they're about to go through in winter mm-hmm. uh, with with rains and floods. So, uh, what what you learn is you learn to to balance things. I think better, mm. uh, staying calm, staying humble, getting all the details, not making you know rush decisions. Uh, it's a it's a continual learning phase, but. Yeah, lots, lots to be done, uh, making sure that we support uh, operational decisions by providing resources wherever we can, and, of course, also supporting in other government decisions as well. Mm. What does your day look like? What does my day look like? Mm. Depends on the day. On the average day. Depends on the day. So uh, this morning, uh, you know, and people say, oh, you know, how much time do you spend in the EO and ministerial office at the end of the day it's, it's seven days a week yeah and sometimes there's a bit of a there's a bit of a mix so today we've come out of a parliamentary sitting week so just so you know one of the sitting days which would have been wednesdays that fed into thursday we finished at 1 30 in the morning so th- this is a classic example it's a good question so we finished at 1 30 in the morning just through habit uh, i sort of wake up at 5 30 anyway uh Usually, I try and get some exercise in two, three times a <laughs> I've, week. Uh, I've seen you've been doing these yeah, push-up challenges. Your, your buttons are popping on yours. <laughs> doing a push-up challenge, raising money for Headspace and mental health. So yeah, that's yeah, brilliant. I, I find initially. those sort of challenges sort of force you to to, to stop, drop, and do some push-ups yeah. or do some exercise, which is good. So, but average day, you know, try and get some exercise in, which I think is good. Um, you're not helpful to anyone unless you you're you're in you know, good shape. So I think it's important for your mental health oh, as well, absolutely. physical health. So mental health especially. Yeah. So try and do that. Uh, get across all the uh, the media for the morning. Uh, that that uh, uh, this morning I had to do some media, for example, quite early. That would have been around uh, eight o'clock. Make sure we cross all the issues of the day. Read the paper, uh, and then uh, then you just go. You know, mm. you've got one speed. Uh, often lots of uh, appointments, and whether they be ministerial appointments or appointments back in the the office, it's like a dual role. Uh, you've got to you've got to keep the local electorate happy, uh, but then obviously you've got your ministerial responsibilities yeah. too. Uh, even before we came in here, I stopped to have a bit of lunch, and the call came: we need you to do um, uh, media for this weekend. This weekend is a long weekend coming up uh, for road safety to remind people about yeah. to, you know, staying safe on our on our roads because um, over the last five years, over the same weekend, we lost six lives on our roads. So a bit of a, a reminder message. I had to do that before I came in here. Mm. Uh, but uh, waking up this morning, I wouldn't have realised that that's what I had to do. <laughs> so you've just got to just uh, soak it up and do the best you can. And what it's taught me is to be present. Yeah, uh, Being being present I think is really uh, important. You can't worry about uh, – what you've got on an hour, two hours, three hours. Uh, when you're at the doorstep, people can see that. It's, you know, you've got to give your undivided attention to people as much as you can. 
And of course, I try and do that when I go home too, which yeah. is very important yeah. uh, as well. So it's uh, no day is the same. To your question, you might have some structure, but uh, often you have to expect the unexpected and you just have to roll with it and do the best you can. So, and then at night, uh, most people will go home and uh, put their feet on the couch and, uh, and watch, have, have a rest, maybe Netflix watch the Crows win, yeah. maybe. <laughs> I'm a Geelong uh, supporter, so uh, I went to the game last night. And no, I, tipped, watched, I tipped Geelong last night. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, but uh, then often the, the social side of things come yeah. come up. So um, lots of functions and things to go to. I uh, look at this weekend, I looked at the diary, and you know, it's a long weekend, but I, I think I've got something Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So it's, you know, it's pretty. It's a hectic life. It's, it is hectic. It, and there's always more reading to do. Yeah. yeah. And learning. And learning. And growth. and Absolutely, all of that. Few questions in. I hope they answer your question. Uh, well, I'll, I'll draw a few questions yeah, out of that. Sure. Family time. Mm-hmm. When uh, you must have a very resilient wife. That uh, very, uh, very, very lucky to have my beautiful wife supporting yeah. me. We're expecting our first child in uh, yes, late October. I did know that. Congratulations. Yeah, so thanks. We're about halfway through the pregnancy now, so very, very well much done. looking forward to that. There's a, there's a follow up question to that. Do yeah. you? Tend to, are you aiming to take the foot off the pedal when the child comes along? Or I, how, how? I actually haven't had any any leave uh, yeah, uh, since becoming a minister, so I probably will take some paternity leaves. Would expect, well, but yeah, very, uh, very entitled to it. Yeah, but very supportive, uh, very supportive wife, and I think electorate too. People, you know, on the street, they, they've uh, I suppose they've watched the transition of you know sort of instant uh, younger politician to now coming into fatherhood, and you know they've been very quite supportive in that role to say you know make sure you you, you have strike a good balance and you create time for oh, absolutely. family time for your wife. So that's, that's very important. So, yeah. You're not going to get the years back. I've got two young kids myself, nine and seven there they are now, but you, you just it, – it, the time just flies it's, and it's the best time of your life, right? So, yeah, as you said, be present. Um, being present in the everyday uh, scenario at work, if you – We've all been, you know, I run my own business. You've, you, you know, you, you run a state almost. There'd be times where your phone rings or you get a text message or an email or something that pops through where it completely wipes you off your, your perch mm. and where you're standing at the particular time. How do you stay present in those moments? Yeah, it's really, it's really a good point and it's certainly nothing I, I studied but over time uh, I've learned to uh, adopt some strategies. So mm. for me, if it, uh, if it really gets uh, quite stressful, I think exercise is always good. Yeah. Uh, and learning not to make decisions in, you know, in anger or uh, in stress. Yeah. I think that's to sit with that yeah, emotion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and let it let it pass. Uh, a bit of meditation. Oh, yeah, also you get good. onto meditation. Do you uh, use an app or anything like that? Or oh, from time to time, but sometimes just, sit, just sit in uh, a still spot. Yeah, sometimes just having a bit of bit of quiet time, or like I said, just walking around the block. Yeah, uh, is good when it gets uh, into those high pressure situations uh try and do a bit of reading so i've been at the moment i've been sort of just reading uh about some of the stoics oh yeah uh what you learn marcus aurelius uh, yeah, a bit or of, bit seneca of, or... a bit of that all of that all yeah. of that uh, what you learn uh you know politics have been around for a, a long time and yeah. you know even 2000 years ago uh politicians were making similar but different decisions mm. you know Different, different plagues, different pandemics, uh, but uh, very similar in some cases, similar uh, stresses. Uh, so I think there's a lot to be learned from history. So I do like, uh, you know, watching and learning from history. That's what I was saying. There's always a, there's always a podcast or, or, or a yeah, Netflix uh, special, you know, that, you special that you can watch. So how do you make time for that? Though? If you're working till 1.30 in the morning, when, when does sleep come? In fact, how many hours of sleep do you get in it? 
look, I, I don't get all that much sleep, but the sleep that I get I think is very, very good. So, you know, it can be anywhere from sort of five to, to eight hours depending on, 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 the, on, the, on night. the night. But I try to get to bed early. How do you switch off? Do you, is there a routine you take or? Yeah, I think exercise is good. Yeah. Uh, so you, of, if you exercise in the morning though, how do you switch off at night that, that night? Like is it? Is there, is there like you know, a hot cup of tea or is there something that oh, you yeah. – uh, No, like, I think um, I think a bit of quiet time with my wife and my puppy, the yeah. little uh, oh, miniature Labradoodle, Howard. He's about two years old. Beautiful. So going for a walk with the wife and the puppy is good. Yeah. Bit of TV, bit of, you know, I love love all kinds of different sport. Yeah. Love watching anything competitive. So um, be in a better mood when the, if the Crows are winning more games. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're the oh, You're going to be strategies. in a bad mood for a few years, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Um, how do you manage your like? Because everyone uh, at some point has has had their energy drain, right? If you're yeah. not getting the sleep that you that you, you know that you're not getting those six to seven hours mm. of sleep per night, and the phone calls and emails, this relentless mm. pressure mm. Of, of the world, which feels like it's constantly after your opinion, mm. uh, seeking your advice, wanting you to speak, wanting you. Mm. How do you manage your energy levels? I know that we can always talk about exercise keeping that, but is there uh, is there moments during the day where you go off and, and just have some quiet time, or is there you know where you might sit in a room and meditate mm. for a minute? Is it is it do you include any yeah, of that? I think, I think um, you know staying fit and healthy is very important. Mm. You know, watching what food you put in your mouth, making sure yeah. it's the right fuel, yeah, uh, exactly. is very very important. Coming back to those fundamentals, drinking a lot of water, getting the rest you can. Uh, some days it'll be a relentless day and there might be two or three functions in a night. So, you know, I, I am guilty of having the odd power nap. I'll <laughs> yeah, uh, be guilty of that. But I think just being able to put the phone away yeah. uh, for 10 minutes or whatever and just sometimes you've just got to realise that if things are building up, whatever, you've got to uh, be present and look after yourself first. Because it, it is a profession where people can be consumed. Mm. Um, you look in, in recent times, uh, a few politicians have bowed out because... Uh, the stress has got too much or the, the antagonism of some other rival groups has been too much. Mm. So and you do have to look after yourself if you want to play that long game, not only for politics but for life after politics too. Yeah. And, yeah. So for the, would you advise people to get into politics? Look, it's a, it's a rewarding profession. As I said, I, I really enjoy it. I find it very worthwhile but it's not for everyone. So mm. just like uh, not everyone can be a, a doctor or an accountant or a yeah. lawyer. So, um, But I think if your heart is in the right place, and you want to make a difference and you want to help people, then it can be very uh, rewarding as well and challenging. So I've loved every minute of it and I'm very grateful to be in the position that I'm in. Beautiful. So you, you've said it a few times now that you've got this desire to help and give back mm. and, and community and you can do that through creating your own business, sure. right? And you, sure. you have the smarts there mm -hmm. to uh, have gone out and mm -hmm. potentially started your own, whether it be legal mm -hmm. firm or, or mm -hmm. you know, gone into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and built your own business mm -hmm. and, and given back in that way. Mm -hmm. Is there any reason why that you didn't decide that? that yes, path? I mean, if you look my my first, uh, you know, uh, outside my, uh, my jobs that I had in uni and things like that, but my first, if you like, office job, uh, believe it or not, was uh, you know reading the financial review, uh, studying companies, looking at, at value and, yeah. and all that sort of thing. So um, I really enjoyed that side of thing. Uh, and, I, and I worked with a number of investors. Yeah. So, uh, so somewhat I, I look at the work I did in commercial law, it was mainly commercial. Um, I, I came very much from the private sector mm -hmm. and I'll probably go into the private sector after yeah. as well. So, and that's the beauty, I think, of our political system, you know, we've got uh, uh, doctors, teachers, nurses, farmers, uh, lawyers, 
probably too many lawyers. <laughs> uh, you know, we've got a, a really wide variety yeah. of uh, business people uh, of skill sets there, and that's what makes our democracy, you know, great that that diversity. So yeah, it's a good thing. You just mentioned that you might go back into the private after. Mm-hmm. What, what is your what's your ultimate goal here? Well, I think you've got to take it day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had uh, looked into a crystal ball and said, you know, Vincent, you're going to be uh, elected in 2014, uh, 2018, you're going to have a really, really tough election campaign. After that, you're going to become a speaker and then you're going to become a minister uh, in uh, 2020, 2020. Um, you know, it probably wouldn't be the way that uh, most people would have anticipated. Yeah. So what I've learned is that you've just got to work hard uh, every day, be grateful, do the right thing, and uh, opportunities uh, will come. So you've got to take it day by day. Politics yeah. is a very uh, volatile uh, thing, but I think at the moment the state government's doing a very good job. If you look around Australia, I believe that uh, incumbent, incumbent governments, uh, left and right side of politics, have been rewarded for keeping Australian states safe. South Australia, we've been kept safe. Our economy's been kept strong. I think uh, the government's doing very well and will get rewarded, but you've got to take uh, politics day by day. Absolutely. Ultimate goal for your career? As I said, uh, very happy being uh, So you're, not gonna, you, you're playing that safe back. <laughs> you're going to oh, play no, that. No, honestly, like, if, you, if, you had looked, if you had looked at, um, I'll give you an example. I mean, late in the uh, 2018 state election campaign, I think we were doing really well. I had no candidate come up against us thus far and then, uh, late that year before the election came up, I had a very high-profile independent, you know, come up to me. Uh, and that obviously was a very uh, hard for slog campaign, mm-hmm. you know. It just shows you how quickly politics can change and yeah. vice, vice versa. Things can continue to change that yeah. fast. So what I've, what I've learned, though, is work hard every day, do the right thing, you embrace opportunities as they, they come. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, hopefully... Act be, with integrity. You know, yeah, absolutely. Stuff. And integrity is that you've hit the nail on the head. Integrity in politics is probably your most important asset. You know, once that's once that's taken, look at governments over the years. Once once that core integrity has has been taken, you, know, really, you, you may as well pack up and do something yeah. else. So, um, really important that I think we work hard, do the right thing, and see what happens. We're very happy at the moment and enjoying every minute. It's a real privilege. I know people. It's a bit cliche, but it's a real privilege and honour to be able to serve in a cabinet at this part of history. At this this time, I mean, mm. we haven't seen anything like the COVID nineteen pandemic uh, in South Australia ever. You know, it's a it's a really um, it's a really um, significant time in our history, and I'm very proud and, and happy to be part of a team that's that's helping to, you know, steer steer the state through these uh, these challenging waters yeah. as they are. You know, it's a it's, you're right. It is a privilege, mm. and and congratulations mm. to to you and the team mm. what you've done been able to do thus far there's a lot of naysayers out there though who are not not necessarily um in the sense uh criticizing everything but knowing that every decision you make there is going to be a naysayer Mm. how do you and the team manage that i think you always try and get all of the information that you can try and get the best information that you can if you look at what We've done as a state, we've acted upon the best health advice and we've mm-hmm. acted upon that advice. Um, but like you said, you, you're never going to be able to please absolutely everybody no. and that's why I think you get the the best information, the best advice that you can get. And you've got to make the best choice you can with information given to you. You know, it's um, unfortunately you're always going to have uh, someone here or there who might be unhappy but 
you've got to consider the greater good. Yeah. Um, How do you choose who gives you that advice? We just, just get it from the best experts that you can. So you just seek out the yeah. with all alternate alternative opinions on the on the matter. Yeah, and and, and uh, look, you're right. Sometimes if you don't like that advice, you can get other opinions yeah, that's as right. well. But I think you've got to make the the judgment call uh, and find that discretion to to who is the best advice, get the best advice, and make the call. On it. Yeah. Are you going to make the right decision all of the time? Well, you're going to make mistakes from time to time, but you've got to just own that, mm-hmm. do the best that you can. Absolutely. And, you know, that's even on a local level. You know, people love upgrading roads, but I tell you what, they hate roadworks. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they, yeah. they want, you know, more car parks in certain <laughs> car parks, but I tell you what, they don't want trees taken out of the no. ground. So, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's always two sides uh, you know, to these arguments, but you've just got to do the best well, that you is, can. That is, they're interesting. Is there any more similar scenarios where you would see that? You would see people are calling for one thing, but then the moment you do that. All the time. Yeah. All the time. And it's, and it's, a, and it's a judgment call. Um, and then often um, you, you'll make that uh, decision and then what you realise is you won't always get a thank you for doing yeah. the right thing. But I tell you what, if you upset someone, you get the feedback. And in today's day and age, that feedback can be you know, readily uh, made available. So, you know, 20 years ago, politics uh, politicians might do the 6 o'clock news, 7 o'clock news, might do the 7.30 report. Then guess what? They go to bed, read the paper the next morning. Social media has very much changed that. So yeah. it can be quite uh, quite relentless. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah. So it's not for everyone. No. I'm going to read you a quote read by Prime Minister of New Zealand, mm-hmm. Jacinta. I do. And she she said, uh, I think she even tweeted this, one of the criticisms I've faced over the years is that I'm not aggressive enough or assertive enough or, or maybe somehow because I'm empathetic it means that I'm weak. I rebel against that. I refuse to believe that you cannot be both compassionate and strong. In your role as a leader within the South Australian government, how much emphasis do you and the team put on that em- uh, the empathetic piece yeah, I think oh, it's, it's a really good point. I would say uh, empathy and professionalism, uh, you know, two of the most fundamental uh, aspects of being a, a good elected member today. Uh, you, you've got to uh, be empathetic and understand the, the needs and the desires of those that you re- represent. You, if you can't do that, then you just shouldn't be in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's, I think it's really important, you know, even today, later this uh, later. This afternoon, this evening, I'll be out and having a street corner meeting. You know, yeah. I'm still doing it. Yeah. Do I have to do it? No, but I'm out there doing it. Yeah. You know, why? Because it's the right thing to do. You, you advertise it. You tell people you're going to be out there, and and you, and you put yourself in front of people. They can come there. Uh, they can have their say. They can talk to you. They can tell you uh, what their concerns are, and there to listen. Listen to what their concerns are. It's very, very important. Uh, and Jacinda's right. I've been lucky enough for when I was speaker to head over to Wellington. The Beehive, their parliament over there. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great part of the world. And, you know, they've done very well too with uh, with COVID at the moment. You know, her leadership has uh, held them in good stead, but she's absolutely right. You don't have to be aggressive to be strong. Uh, so, yeah. So how much influence does the the party or even all government politics uh, place on leadership? And, and educating those who are moving up the ranks, uh, putting time and effort. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll use an example. We work in a world where we're leadership consultants, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. we work in, in a space of mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. change, strategy, mm-hmm. and leadership being a really key integral part mm-hmm. of, of driving those, mm-hmm. uh, those, those topics forward. Mm-hmm. 
there's speakers out there in the world such as Brene Brown, Simon mm-hmm. Sinek, all mm-hmm. the all the sort of uh, educational where mm-hmm. where companies are spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions mm-hmm. of dollars, with these sort of leadership mm-hmm. for the leadership programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see the, the private world see the advantage in upskilling their and developing their people. Um, therefore, and then you know, therefore they see the results and growth of the business and, and profits and all mm. that. In a government point of view, is there a lot of effort and uh, a lot of time put into leadership programs for yourself and, and those and the other ministers and, and the premier? I think we're quite lucky in our government. You've got uh, people, I suppose, at differing uh, ranges in, in their uh, political. Uh, yeah. Political life, As like you, you do in you know, football teams yeah, or absolutely. other other organisations. So we, we do have some uh, some good mentors around us that are able to uh, to help. But like you pointed out, a lot of it is also external. So um, there's a you know there's a range of there's plenty of opportunities out there if people want to better themselves. But yeah. I, I agree that it is an important thing to invest in in leadership uh, and uh, whether it's you know, how you communicate to your colleagues or to uh, your voters uh, or to the media, I think it's always worthwhile to to invest in uh, in that. Yeah, definitely. Do you place a lot of emphasis on yourself? Do you you know you you talk about reading the Stoics and that? Do you, what what is your idea of of a great leader? Yeah, well, I think uh, it's very important to you know to self reflect and mm. always uh, um, uh, analyze you know whether you're doing the right thing by by yourself and colleagues and the electorate always good to reflect mm. have that self-reflection you know uh every every day in after question time we'll, we'll go back we'll look at the footage say hey do we do uh do we do that right is there anything we would have done better mm. uh i believe you know reporting is really important especially as you get busier too yeah. so whether it's a local electorate office or ministerial office i think it's important to set yourself kpis and benchmarks and and monitor your progress and you know, look at where you were three years ago versus now and uh, you know, it's always about uh, continuing improvement because yeah. if you if you measure those things, you get better outcomes, uh, and I think uh, it's very important, especially when you're in uh, such an important area and you want the state and your local area to do well. So it's important to continually uh, reflect and acknowledge and anticipate and and, uh, uh, and improve. Is that something that you've seen a shift in? Of late, with with the leaders in in party at the moment, I think the you know the Premier Stephen Marshall's very very humble in his approach. Um, typically, what we have seen in the past, uh, you know, and I'm talking, I'm going back, you know, ten tens of you know ten fifteen years, and if not, or even recently, I would say as well, where it's always sort of the Labor versus the Liberal Party, or Liberal Party versus Labor Party. Are they going to do this, or they're going to do that, and in we all know that the great leaders just concentrate on what they're trying to deliver, mm. right? Uh, at the moment, the way it's set up, you get four four years to deliver mm-hmm. a, a, mm. well, deliver results, mm. so you can then get reelected. Mm. Uh, from a cultural perspective and change perspective, mm. we know that things take a long time to mm. change and turn around. Mm. So, are we concentrating on the now, or are we concentrating on the future when we're, when we're making decisions? In it's a really good question the answer is both i think you've got to face the immediate short-term reality of things but at the same time i think the public appreciate you having a long-term uh, a long-term perspective because if you only make short-term decisions obviously that could be that could be bad and, and the same thing if you if you only look like at a the one long-term, way, yeah, one-way highway well, <laughs> i think it was always going to become two way but, you know if you if you um you, if you only uh, look long-term and you you fail to address the here and the now, then obviously that also has negative consequences. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to look at both. You've got to look at both. 
And sometimes that comes with challenges because sometimes it will, it will, you know, some things require hard decisions that are not necessarily are explained now, but people will, will reward you down the track. You look at, uh, say, John Howard, his career and his conviction that he had around you know, gun laws, uh, for example, yeah. as an example of that. You know, uh, at the time that was quite unpopular, but now uh, probably more popular than, than ever. And yeah. other other jurisdictions around the world, uh, uh, looking at Australia and what we what we did, still having those debates that we, you know, that we uh, that we had, we were able to make hard decisions back then. So that's just one example. But whether it's um, uh, local projects or statewide projects, future industries, you know. These, these, again, getting to back what I was talking about before, um, history is laden with examples through time of, of, these, of the, the, the uh, pressures, if you like, between the short and the long term. So you've got to consider both. Yeah. Because uh, you've got to get re-elected. If you don't get re-elected, then you, yeah. you forfeit that. So do you make decisions based on getting re-elected? No, no. I think what I'm saying is you've got to, you've got to have an eye to the present mm. but also to the long term yeah. as well. The gun law is an interesting one and, and it, you know, to the case in point, we've got mm. the paper in front of us mm. here, or today's paper with mm. the drug bust that's, uh, that's coming. Mm. So, again, congratulations mm. for that. Um, the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere mm. from what I understand. Mm. How, how did so many guns get in? <laughs> if oh, that's well, <laughs> look, uh, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, we're investing in SAPOL like, uh, like never before and they're doing a, a fantastic job. Uh, but what we saw this week was, you know, the, the biggest serious and, and organised crime uh, bust in, in the state, probably the country's history. Mm-hmm. So it just shows you that uh, police are doing a superb job and, you know, they have saved lives not only through the, uh, the the alleged murder plots that have been prevented, but just by taking that amount of, of guns and also drugs off, off the street, they've prevented right. uh, much devastation in uh, you know, thousands of families right across the state as well. As a result of seeing the the depth of of what was going on, mm. is there more emphasis now on trying to prevent that? Or oh, look, prevention is a, an enormous part mm. uh, of what what SAPL do crime prevention. Uh, whether that is from you know the at uh, the residential level, you know, neighbourhood watch, all the way to preventing serious and organised crime through targeted operations, uh, you're going to see uh, you know, this reported on for a, a long period of time and. Um, I'm sure it will, you know, occupy the uh, uh, the, uh, the headlines for a long time. But overall, uh, SAPI, as I said, I couldn't be more proud of what they've been able to do uh, to with the AFP and the FBI being able to pull this off amidst the, the biggest uh, you know operation pandemic, yeah, COVID nineteen. So you are one of the younger younger uh, guys in 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 the team in. Um, the political team, your connection to the Gen Ys and, and the, the millennials would be seen more positively. I think you, you will have a, an understanding that th- th- that type of world, they're really looking for, um, for futurists and environmentalists and people with the, who are um, interested in the social impacts mm-hmm. and, you know, what are you doing as a party, and and you, you particularly yourself, you know, to attract the votes? Because you know the they're they're uh, the twenty two, twenty three year old, the people born from year two thousand onwards are, uh, are voting these days, and and they are, are really interested in these subjects. Where are you guys thinking in this yeah, space? Yeah, look, you're absolutely right, and they communicate uh, differently, and mm. sometimes they they communicate on different. Uh, different levels different channels different mm. uh, apps you know you 
if you look at, for example, recently I would have had a, a crime prevention forum mm. and we would have advertised that far and wide, but of course there, there were just because of the nature of, of going to a forum, you know, very hard to get these 18, 19-year-olds mm. to come and have a, you know, a cup of tea and some scones <laughs> and talk about home yeah. driving in the street. But I tell you what, do something like a politics in the pub event or, yeah. or something with some local sporting stars yeah. or some Instagram uh, so you've got to get really innovative in your You do. Your You've approach. got to change your approach. You've got to tailor your message very much so for different, uh, for different segments, for different uh, uh, aspects of the electorate because what works for one might not work for another. So you do have to uh, speak their, 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 their language, so, um, which is challenging. But you're right, um, you know, uh, climate change is certainly resonating with more, more people and that's why we're continually working at um, things like our home battery scheme, uh, more energy efficient uh, measures and and uh, even on a local level, I look in my local community, Lockheed Park, Campbelltown, uh, you know, recycled water, sustainable communities, things are very important with next generation coming through. But also uh, having to communicate on different um, uh, levels like Instagram, for example. Instagram I'm finding is much more popular mm. with younger demographic, just the way it is. Uh, remember, it gets back to what I was saying before, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, social media wasn't as relevant but now it's becoming more and more prevalent and relevant. So mm. it keeps changing and it will keep changing still. So we've got to stay apt and nimble and, uh, you know, continue to, um, to tailor those, those messages. Would you say that's the, from an innovation point of view, that's the, the biggest area where you, you need to be front and centre on is on, on the social media? Oh, definitely social media is becoming more and more, more relevant. But saying that, there's nothing like, you know, going door to door, you know, yeah. um, eyeballing someone, asking them about their views, people will always remember that. So mm. you've got to do both. You've got to do both. And it's, sometimes it's easy to do one and not the other, but I think you've got to do both. Mm. Absolutely. What does the next four years look like if, uh, if the list Next four ready? years? So uh, the way I would uh, compartmentalise it, obviously we're working uh, night and day hard to, to, to be the best uh, minister that we can and, and best local representative for my community. Uh, obviously getting to the election, which is in nine months' time, nine months, probably eight days or something like that, uh, that's coming yeah, up. Yeah, so if you quick. get re-elected, what do you yep. do? And then uh, uh, obviously hopefully the government is, is still in power, which I'm sure that we will be, uh, and then continue to, uh, you know, continue to, to drive uh, the, the state forward. I think we're in a really fortunate position here where we've handled the pandemic uh, extremely well, probably the best place in the world in my humble opinion. Mm. Uh, recently we were, mo- we were awarded the most livable City in Australia, third best in the world mm-hmm. after it was Auckland and, and Osaka. Yeah, uh, you know, so we've got a lot to be proud of. There's a lot of gains to be had, and I think we should certainly uh, look to promote the state as as that. Uh, and we've got a great opportunity to to grow uh, and for the state to prosper, which will mean that our people will continue to prosper uh, for the for the long term as well. So it's a really exciting time to be in South Australia, uh, whether in your business or politics or in your community group, we're doing some great things, and it's a real exciting prospect. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Do you think we'll uh, we'll ever take on the Sydney and Melbournes of the world? I think we'll be we'll be different from the Sydney's and the Melbourne of the world. And like I, like I just pointed out, you know, we're the most livable city. Yeah, from a livable point of view. Do you think from and a business not, point not of view? Not necessarily. It's a it's a competition. But yeah. I, I tell you what, you know, people uh, in those states this year, especially in Victoria, they've had it tough. They've had yeah. Really tough. Um, but we can't be and we work really hard with our people here to to uh, to have what I think is the best uh, you know of 
of, of all worlds here in South Australia, but we've got to keep keep working on it. And that means uh, making sure that we work hard for the community, the state, making sure that our politi politicians make good decisions, good long-term decisions for our for our state moving forward. So we, we, we're in a really exciting time in our state. There's a great vibe. Uh, you know, your own business, I, I hope that you know, you're doing well, but it's um, uh, where we can certainly see the light at the end of the tunnel. There's going to yeah. be some uncertainty, of course, but I think we're in a really exciting place here in the state. I oh, look personally from our business point of view, we've doubled in size in the past couple of months. Like it's just the, the phone is ringing off the hook, so we couldn't be happier with where with where we're going. I think uh, it's up to you guys now to make sure we stay open and and um, and we can keep continuing this growth pattern for all. Not you know get and from our understanding, jobs is uh, we're at an all time low from a unemployment. We're doing extremely well. Um, we've got many vacancies still. Uh, employment unemployment rate is dropping yeah. the first time ever more people are coming than, than gone yeah, here in the state the, and you know i'm sure that trend will continue well so. it's funny I, the house down the road for me just sold for a record price and we've uh we've asked who who is uh, who's purchased that and it's a family from sydney there moving over and they just said so property, property's booming well their answer was um we're going to move to adelaide uh, obviously from the livability aspect but uh we don't need to work in an office anymore so we can come to adelaide buy a, a home that's you know a couple hundred meters from the beach and work and get paid sydney rates in adelaide and live in adelaide so it is drawing a lot of people to the to it's the exciting to the time to be in, in the state at the moment so. absolutely What's something unique about you that no one might know? Oof. Um, it's a very, very good question. Um, I'm not really sure. No. I work hard every day. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy uh, quiet time when I can get it, which is not very often. But like uh, a good scotch, or I've got to say, during during the week, I, I don't really no. drink much at all because yeah. you, you're always having to, um, you know, continually be on guard and yeah. having to remember new things very quickly last minute so i do try and uh, eat clean and yeah. drink clean yeah. uh but you know every now and then obviously being in, uh, in south australia i don't mind uh, nice a good red wine yeah. i live in mcgill and obviously penfolds <laughs> is in the mcgill electorate i remind some of my colleagues that it started in mcgill not in the barossa so yeah. <laughs> uh, i do uh, enjoy uh, you know a nice red uh, if i'm celebrating something but i don't don't drink much at all i, I do try and stay clean and uh, exercise and keep healthy before we kick, get into the quick fire questions as we wrap up, is there any key messages or anything that you'd like to share? No, no, thank you very much for the opportunity uh, and congratulations on what you've uh, been able to do. I think it's an excellent initiative. Uh, but uh, look, if anyone wants to get more involved in the political process, you know, my door's open. They're more, more than happy to, um, I'm more than happy to have a, a chat with them. Uh, but otherwise, I want to thank the community for uh, helping us to keep people safe in this climate. And, very uh, excited about what I'm sure will be a prosperous uh, state moving forward. Brilliant. Now, we have some quick fire questions. Sure. We're not done just sure. yet. These sure. are a bit of fun. Sure. Right? But we are big readers here at Creating Synergy, Synergy IQ. Uh, you did mention you're reading some stuff on the Stoics right now. Is, have you got, is there a title to the book? Not, not, not necessarily. I, it's, it's one of the things that you can just go back to from, yeah, from yeah. time to time, whether it's meditations or, or otherwise. Yeah. So. Well, Medi just, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius is a fantastic book for anyone who is interested in Stoicism. Absolutely. So, uh, what self-development book do you believe stands out more than the rest? Yeah, I think um, you know, from an early 
uh, age uh, think and grow rich was given to me. Mm. And it's not necessarily one, you know, about building wealth, but also I, I just think about, you know, setting your goals mm. and that, that sort of thing, and, you know, visualizing what you want to do and working towards it and that sort of thing. So I think that was probably a, a good fundamental book. Setting yourself some mantras. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, yeah. Absolutely. I think that was certainly one that, that worked uh, worked well. I don't get to read as much as I would, would like, uh, but I, I do like uh, you know, listening to things and watching things. So I'm probably going to be listening to more podcasts and things moving forward, yeah. not, not less. In terms of books, I've got one here, Deter- Determination, Dedication, and Duty. This was given to me recently by the new uh, uh, CFS. We obviously had probably our, our worst bushfire season ever mm. in 1920. So um, as a Minister for Emergency Services, you know, we've got tens of thousands of volunteers. You know, some of these men and women, they, they give up, you know, years and years of their life. Some have done over 60 years of service. It's absolutely incredible. So uh, enjoying uh, getting into that at the moment, talking about what they were able to do in terms of helping in uh, 2019, the bushfire season. So it's a, a real-life account. Yeah, it's a real-life right? account. Yeah. So Anthony, Anthony Wedge. Anthony Wedge. Wedge, so, wedge, beautiful. Yeah, so uh, Deter- t- what's the determination, determination, dedication, dedication and duty. Um, but of course, I, I do like uh, uh, reading uh, books about um, uh, politics and, and business from from time to time. Any but, autobiography uh, from a political nature that you would recommend? Or I mean, I, I've I've loved uh, reading books about John Howard, uh, Malcolm Turnbull yeah. in recent times. Of course, Christopher Pine. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Seat of Hartley's completely in the seat of seat of Sturt. So yeah. for a for a long time, I worked with uh, with Christopher yeah. as well. But um, uh, his his uh, his books are excellent. Howard's Turnbulls, uh, of course. I, I love watching uh, anything about Roman history uh, mm. or or uh, you know famous battles throughout you know yeah. throughout time. Uh, I do like uh, watching uh, you know sporting documentaries uh, wherever I can. Uh, the last. Dance was excellent about Michael, oh, it, Michael Jordan. Oh, it's unbelievable um, watch. But, you know, Maradona, <laughs> uh, there's one on uh, Robbie Budger at the moment. Oh, is that, that yeah, I, I saw that. I haven't, I haven't got to. Around, so no. uh, there's a lot of correlations between, you know, uh, sport and work. Oh, and without doubt. Life. So it's always well, you something can, Even just going back to the last dance, you just. It was good, Jordan, wasn't it? Jordan's mentality yeah. in, in this. Oh, he's he's just, a winner. Oh, just next level, wasn't he? It's yeah, brilliant. He's incredible. What's the best advice you've ever received? I think honestly, um, you know, work hard and stay humble. I think mm. that's that's probably the yeah. best advice. You did I, mention that. What right. I what I found is that uh, a bit of humility can never hurt. You know, absolutely. Uh, you know, there'll be there'll be days when you're doing extremely well and you think nothing can come at you, and then you know, something will happen. Yeah, a bit of humility I, I've learned is, is always a always a good thing. Now you may have already answered this question from uh, from your love of the the Roman Empire, but if you had access to a time machine, where would you go? Oh, look, I think I'd go back to uh, my my childhood so I could uh, spend a bit more time with my my grandparents. I think oh, yeah. you know one one thing you realise is uh, uh, you know you never get that time back uh, with with family. So that would be something that I'd I'd love to love to do. Absolutely, yeah. yeah that's yeah. Take me back there too, please. Uh, one superhero power. <laughs> so I think the, I think the power to fly would be great. Amazing. That way I could uh, spend more time with my my wife and my puppy and also my constituents as well. So you get home quicker. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be a cool superpower. And last but not least, one of my favourite questions of the show, what is your best dad joke? Well, see, um, it's interesting you raise that because my wife's pregnant yeah. and, I, and she's due in late October, so I'm going to have to learn some yeah. bad dad jokes. I'm sure, really you've, told any, a, I'm sure you've told the, a bad joke. I don't really have uh, that many at the moment, but uh, – uh, recently, we were talking about fees and charges, and and the fee 
was actually the same um, uh, fee as the number. It was a, a thirty ninety five fee, and, it, and I was actually doing the report on thirty ninety five. Five double A, and oh, there you uh, go. one of the police officers actually said to me this week, "Oh, that was a good dad joke." So there you go. I made one without even realizing it. So that's the sort of that's the stage of life that I'm at at the moment. Yeah, no, brilliant. You'll need to get more in your kit bag. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely, I have, to, I have to get some pointers off. <laughs> I've got a few. Don't worry about that. Thank you very much for your time today. Uh, it's been absolutely wonderful speaking to you. Um, Obviously, you're you're on on LinkedIn. Where where can people sort of follow you yeah, on your social media? On all the social media forums, so uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, the office, or or otherwise uh, around the place, face to face. So thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure, and keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump on to the Synergy IQ Facebook and LinkedIn page where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.